Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast How They Love Mary, and also a crossover with the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I hope that this podcast will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. If the audio is a little different, it's because I'm recording this in person with two microphones, something that most of my interviews are not. Usually they're done via a telephone call transferred to my computer and then into the device that I record on, so it might be a little echoey, so please forgive that. Uh, but I'm here today on location in Agreda, Spain, and I am speaking with Sister Patricia. There are several sisters here, but she happens to be the only one that speaks English, I think. And uh, so she has been tasked with uh, speaking with me today to share a little bit about one of the members of their community, the one who built the monastery that I just celebrated Mass at, Sor Maria or Venerable Maria of Agreda, who wrote the four-volume Mystical City of God. And so uh, I just want to talk a little bit about Sor Maria with Sister and also about their order, the Conceptionist Order uh, of the Immaculate Conception, a Franciscan order, and uh, so, Sister Patricia, thanks for this conversation today. Hi. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, Sister, could you just share maybe how you decided to be a sister here in Agreda, how you found this religious community? Well, it, it was a call of God. And, and actually, he and the Virgin Mary uh, arranged everything to I can be here. Uh, before I came to the monastery, I was scientist. Uh, actually, I was working at Baylor uh, for three years. I'm, I'm Mexican from Guadalajara City, and I used to belong to the Neocatecomunal Way communities. Oh. Then when I went to work at Baylor, uh, I continued working in these communities over there. But the first thing that how I here, I'm here, um, is in 1997, I passed through Agreda uh, in a pilgrim to Paris uh, to join with the uh, John Paul II meeting with the German people. So at that time, when I was here, uh, one family here in Agreda uh, received me in their house. Uh, and at the day after, we celebrate Mass here in the monastery. Uh, but at that time, I was working already, and I just thought, oh, it is a beautiful place. I will come back for vacation time. Uh, after here, we went to Lourdes in France. Uh, in that time, uh, even uh, I'm Mexican and the Guadalupe Virgin and in Guadalajara, the, the Virgin of Zapopan are very celebrated. I was not uh, as Marian as the regular Mexican people, right? Because always I was thinking in the middle of the, the party of the Virgin, and where is Jesus here? No? Um, but in Lourdes, uh, something happens. Uh, when I was in, in the group, uh, I was praying, praying uh, uh, to the Virgin for the very first time, because in the past I used to pray rosaries and everything, but really doing a deep prayer from heart to heart, 
it was there. So I asked to the Virgin uh, three things. One of them I don't remember, but the first one is that I, I had uh, everything at that time, a good job, a good uh, family relationship, a good friends, uh, everything, no? a guy in my life. Uh, and then I asked, but at the same time, I, I felt something is, was uh, empty in my life. So as I asked to the Virgin to show me what it was this way that I, I should uh, take or what, what should I do in my life now. And then the second thing is uh, I asked her to, to teach me to love Jesus as she, she did. And after some years, after well, like seven years after, uh, I went to work to, to Houston and the catechist over there uh, asked me if I wanted to do uh, oh, an experience in, in a monastery. So they, they asked me if, if, if this monastery can be everywhere. You okay, why not? But in that time, it was not in my mind to be, to be uh, a nun. So, but I just came here. I, she only gave me the phone number. Uh, I just called to the monastery. They told me, the sisters, uh, okay, we are in Agreda, you. And then I, I remember that Agreda was the place that I was here in seven years before. So, well. Maybe this this some some kind of God uh, I used to call I would I don't know how to say in English but in Spanish is diosidencia. Oh sure sure. <laughs> so we would say God incident or a coincidence you know God mm-hmm. uh, intervened there. Well, one of the things you said you went to Lourdes to Lourdes and uh, that's a place of Marian apparition Saint Bernadette you prayed there. And here, this monastery is dedicated to the Immaculate Conception, or your yeah. order is. So they're having that profound experience, and then being drawn into the life of a yeah. monastery of an order dedicated to the Immaculate Conception. So uh, there's something there that's very special, I think. Yeah, yeah for sure. I realized that uh, one year after I came back to the monastery. <laughs> because... And how many years have you been here? Uh, I have been for 16 years. 16 now. years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, very good. And you are a religious community. So right now you are speaking to me. There is bars. So there's, this is a little different than like a poor Claire Cullatine monastery because they, that's really a great, I think. And so mm-hmm. you can't shuffle things, but my <laughs> microphone's uh, through, through your side there. But you're separated from the world. And yes. so you're cloistered, mm-hmm. and you really only leave to go to the doctor or for some special reason, you would leave the monastery. And you were, ju- you were drawn to that type of a life, to being a cloistered sister, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And does your family come and visit you here? Uh, only my, my parents. Uh, they have been here for three years. My three times, three times, and my father just passed away this oh. year. So, but only eternal rest yeah. for him. 
And uh, do you write your family? Do you write people? Send mail? Uh, yes. Um, now we use the phone. Uh, sure, you can, can call. call. That's nice. And now with the technology, I can see them through, oh, the, sure. through the phone. Well, you can use all that. So that's wonderful. Yeah, it was interesting. Last night I was communicating with Mother Viani, and uh, she said, here is my WhatsApp number for you to text me or whatever so that I could communicate with her about coming uh, today and making all of those arrangements. Uh, we're here in Agreda. You passed through Agreda. That's how you found this monastery many years ago. And Venerable Maria of Agreda is a very important figure uh, who wrote four volumes uh, of the life of Jesus and Mary called The Mystical City of God. In some books about, blessed, about the Blessed Virgin Mary, it says that she was one of the great women of the 17th century. So who is Sor Maria for you and for this community? Well, actually, she is our spiritual teacher, and he is our mother also in our life. After the Virgin Mary, she is the one who teaches how to live the, this, this life how to follow Jesus through Virgin Mary, and how to, how to pray, how to be a sister of my sisters, and as a Franciscan, how to be mother of our sisters also, and how to pray for all the people, and how to have all the people in our hearts, all the places in our hearts, and how to have that love of the of the people to get the salvation through Jesus and through Mary. One of the interesting things I found about the life of Sor Maria was that her family all entered religious life. So here she was, this young girl growing up in maybe Soria, uh, Spain or whatever, and she and her parents then, they say at some point, I want to go be a religious. So her father goes off and becomes a religious. And then they found a monastery in their home. Is that right, in La Casa? Yes, yes. Uh, actually, the, the one who have the, had the inspiration to make the monastery, it was her mother. Her mother, uh, close to here, uh, there was a Franciscan monastery of friars. And her confessor was Franciscan. And all the family were very close to the Franciscan. Uh, her two brothers were Franciscan already before they founded the monastery. And when the mother ha uh, got the inspiration, uh, she told to the father, and they were agreed to build this uh, the monastery. And they, they went to the Franciscans uh, to arrange everything. And her mother, her sister, and Sister Maria uh, founded the first community with three nuns coming from Burgos. Uh, they, they were uh, to, to get them in the Immaculate Conception Order. It's the original name of our order. But we are uh, well known as a Francis, Con Franciscan Conceptionist. And your order was founded by Blessed Beatrice. Uh, and I've seen it written B-E-A-T-R-I-Z. I even saw a statue of her in Fatima. 
in which she had this star on her head, but she was the founder. So what, what year was your community founded? Uh, uh, our community was founded in 1619, uh, our community, okay, sure. and our order was founded in the first community in 1492. Okay. And um, accepted as our order in uh, 1511. And then Sor Maria was elected the abbess of the monastery at a very young age, at the age of 25. And then she went on to have kind of this inspired life in which she wrote these four volumes of the mystical city of God. Now, it's my understanding she didn't really have apparitions of the Blessed Mother. Like, it wasn't like Bernadette and Mary speaking to Bernadette, but it was more inner locutions, is that right? More yeah. from her own prayer and meditation. Yeah, yeah actually, uh, uh, all, all her writing uh, were, uh, she wrote uh, under uh, praying, praying before the Virgin. Mm. And since she was shy, she got the contemplative uh, praying gift from God. Uh, and she she loved the she loved God first. He loved Jesus. At the age of uh, eight years, uh, she did. Um, I'm trying to see the. Um, Voto de castidad. Voto de castidad. Aha, vote of chastity. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Like a, uh -huh. Yes, a vow. Aha, vota. In a Christmas day, at age of eight yeah. years. In a promesa de la de, de castidad. Sí, sí. And all her uh, her life was close to the Franciscans. And she loved the Virgin, so he uh, was like a, the life of the Virgin, very inner of her, deeper and deeper. And she uh, maybe one of the things that uh, she she felt the love of God, and she was thinking, if if God does this with me, what did with the Virgin? Yeah. You know. And then uh, uh, that love uh, to her, to all the mystical inspiration, because it was an inspiration through the Virgin, and, and also it was a gift of God. Because uh, in the mystical city of God, you can read how, how she, the Virgin gave her the order to write her mm -hmm. life. Uh, but actually, uh, the, this life, it was written not for everything, but that time it was for her nuns, for the community, for her sisters, sure. because uh, she was trying to teach uh, how, to, how to live the life following, following Jesus through the Virgin, right? That was the origin of, the, of this book. Yes. And after the time, this book, uh, became the main book re uh, who was uh, read in all the monasteries of all kinds of orders. During the time that they was not allowed to read the Bible, uh, this book uh, 
um, was uh, was written in oh, I don't remember how to say alimentar uh, the the spiritual life. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. It was the main, the main book for the spiritual life of the monasteries, uh, not only the Franciscan ones, the all kind of monasteries, and the Virgin Mary. So we have here the sculpture uh, in what she was uh, praying before. We call the Virgin of the History. Because oh, sure. You you will be able to see this. <laughs> yeah. Well, beautiful and. Um, yeah, The Mystical City of God is written in four volumes. I'm currently reading it. I'm one and a half volumes through it and leading, uh, you know, 500, 1,000 people in this uh, uh, devotion of reading it and reflecting on it day after day. And in your monastery, sometimes, like when I visit a Benedictine monastery, for example, when they have lunch... They might read from a spiritual mm -hmm. book, or they might mm -hmm. read from their rule of life. Mm -hmm. Do the nuns here read the mystical city of God on yeah. a daily basis? During the main dinner, and, okay. and or also, or yeah, or constitution, or, or own life sure. uh, books, and also the mystical city of God. Well, beautiful. And uh, so you've read it in its entirety, I take it. Yeah, yes, but uh, the main thing that uh, how we read the mystical city of God is by liturgical time. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So right now you would be reading, we're recording in the octave of Easter, so you're yes. reading about the resurrection yeah. of Jesus. Dur during the Lent time, we used to read all the, the previous to the Passion uh, chapters, and uh, on Holy Week, we read the Passion. Actually, if you if you saw the the passion of uh, the passion the, of the Christ by mm -hmm. Mel Gibson, yes, and yes. the, the uh, he took the mystical city of God as the book to to do the yeah he, yeah, and I know that he was also influenced by Venerable Anne Catherine and Emmerich. So yeah, both of them. I didn't realize that the mystical city of God had a role to play in the Mel Gibson film. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Sor Maria is said to have bilocated to the United States, mm -hmm. that there were these Humano Indians in San Angelo, Texas. And I've actually been to San Angelo. I participated in a conference in honor of Sor Maria. They unveiled a beautiful statue along the waterway there. Maybe it's not a waterway, but in a nice park. They unveiled this statue, and she also bilocated, supposedly, to uh, New Mexico, uh, and teaching the native people. And my understanding is, as the missionaries came, and they were going to instruct the native people, the Indians, and they already knew the faith. And they said, well, how do you know about the faith? And they said, well, the lady in blue taught us. And so I'm just wondering, what does your monastery make of these bilocations? Do you, do you think they're true? Did she really bilocate? Yeah, that is true. So in, in her autobiography, uh, she wrote these things. And I think that is the, first, the only person who wrote about, about her bilocations. 
Yeah. She then, wrote about it in her, so there's another work, her own life story. She wrote about yeah, these. Uh-huh. So she testifies to them, and then we have the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I haven't read her autobiography, so I was just curious about that. So, well, that's a, a miraculous thing uh, to think about that. Yeah, but it was a gift for God because uh, he was very worried uh, when, when she saw, when she was shy. She saw um, um, a play about the American, the discovery of American. So the first thing that she thought it was, who will teach them about Jesus? Mm-hmm. And it was in her heart all her life. Uh, one time uh, she wrote that uh, after get the communion, uh, God uh, asked her to evangel- evangelize that, that, that place. And with all of these insights that she gained as she wrote The Mystical City of God, she was able to share it with them in the story of our salvation, the story of Jesus and how he becomes incarnate of the Virgin Mary. And uh, maybe just lastly, she's called Venerable Maria of Agreda. And so that means that she has a cause open for sainthood. Now she lived back in the 1600s, so somebody would expect her to be a saint already. And there was controversy over her life, in a sense. Um, some of the inquisitors questioned her, and um, they kind of didn't like the mystical city of God, and so they tried to squash it or whatever. But that was rescinded, and it's read widely now, as you mentioned. And so do you think this cause for canonization, to call her Saint Maria of Agreda, do you think it'll ever happen? Yeah. Uh, I think that, yes, but the time is of God. Sure. Uh, everything uh, has its hour, as Jesus said, right? Yeah. As I read the mystical city of God in this podcast, every day for an entire year, and hundreds of hundreds of people are following along and listening, I see that as a sense of people are curious They're growing in their devotion. Every day we say a prayer thanking God for the life of Maria of Agreda. So there is devotion. And if you go to San Angelo, Texas, again, that statue of Sor Maria says the people love her. And so I hope so, too, that one day she'll be a saint. Yes, but one one of the of the amazing things is that she continues evangelization because through her book, her book and actually here we used to to edit her, her book the mystical city of god mm-hmm. and actually now it's running away so we have to print it again so it was required but all over the world uh, there are many people groups pilgrims coming from all over the world uh, people uh, calling us from all over the world uh, pilgrims coming, and and also many praying groups uh, who take the mystical city of God, uh, mystical city of God as as uh, their book for praying, and many. I think that uh, she continues now. We have the testimony of many people who were not Catholics that became Catholics recently, mm-hmm. reading this book. Oh, wow. Uh, I think that she continues. 
Yeah. She continues her life of teaching that she began with the Humano people, with the sisters here in Agreda, and now for all of us as we read those pages of the mystical city of God. She's buried. She, her tomb is in the church here in Agreda. Uh, is she incorrupt? Yes. Okay, her so body is there. Her incorrupt body is there. And and I was able to pray there and you could see her hand and I'm like, well, that's not bone. That must be a sign that she is incorrupt. And so indeed that is true. So what a blessing again, God showing his marvels. God allowing her to bilocate, God allowing her body to be incorruptible. So how many sisters are here in the monastery today? Uh, today we are 12. 12. 12 and how many sisters could you accommodate if God blessed you with an abundance of individuals wanting to be nuns? Is there a certain number uh, that you can have, like 20? or No, there's, no? there's not. A, actually, our, our places in the cars is uh, like 13, but now there are many spaces for uh, all women that wanted to come here. There are so many space, well, rooms and place in the cars. Well, that's beautiful. Well, Sister Patricia, it's been such a blessing to speak with you. Your words that you shared about Sor Maria are going to be shared with hundreds or thousands of people now. So we're spreading devotion to Sor Maria. This has been a dream come true to me to visit Agreda to bring people the story of her, to pray at her tomb. And so I thank you, I thank Mother uh, Vianney for, uh, invite, yeah. for allowing me uh, this opportunity to be here. Yeah, she, was, she didn't tell me about this interview. Oh. So <laughs> he was like, well, well thank you for uh, allowing me to practice the English because... <laughs> you did very good. Now, I told, I told my friend, I said, well, I hope she doesn't speak English like I speak Spanish. <laughs> and no. you speak English very well. <laughs> Mas mejor que mi español. <laughs> well, yeah. thanks so much, sister. You're very welcome. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope that my conversation with today's guest was one that enriched you spiritually and also helped you to foster a deeper love for the Blessed Virgin Mary. If you enjoyed this podcast, could you do me a favor? Go over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast so that others might find it as a recommended podcast from other Catholic podcasts that they might listen to. And if you don't mind, share about the show on social media so that your friends and family might come to find it and be enriched by our conversations as well. And if you don't mind, you can follow me on social media at FR Edward Looney on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And this show, How They Love Mary, will soon be a book available from Sophia Institute Press. You can already go over to their website and pre-order How They Love Mary. Thanks so much for listening. May God bless you today. Know of my prayers for you. And may Mary pray for you today and always.